Hi there everyone, Art Burns here, wishing you well today. I hope you're all having a great day today. Now, I know I say that a lot, and I, I don't want you to think that it's just this automatic thing that I'm saying that, oh, I hope you're having a great day today. Like some, you know, kind of like, you know, when people say, hi, how are you? And then they don't really ask that question. They're just kind of saying it and then, you know, kind of not, really don't want to know how you really are, you know? Um, I want you to know that I truly do hope that you're having a a really wonderful day today and most of most importantly you know not to say that I hope that nothing's going wrong today you know not that I hope that you know your life is somehow perfect today because that would be unreasonable right like nobody's life is ever perfect and no 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 single day has nothing wrong with it really I mean sure you might catch a, a couple of them here and there but but for the most part you know Problems are part of life, you know, struggle is part of life. As, as uh, you know, John Kabat-Zinn named his book after a, a, a line from Zorba the Greek, right, that talks about life as a full catastrophe, right? This just giant, like, messy, just, you know, wonderful hodgepodge of all of this, you know, amazing stuff and all of this challenging stuff and, and stuff that causes us joy and stuff that causes us sadness. And, and that's the thing, when we can embrace life on that level, that, that life will always provide for us, you know, uh, the spectrum, the, the vast, just beautiful, full catastrophe, right? Then what we can do is we can really show up to this life. And that's the way I like to, to phrase it these days is, is we're showing up to life when we are present, when we are fully invested and, and attending to every moment, okay? Whether it's the, the beautiful, sweet, precious moments that we have with our children and our loved ones and doing the things that we love to do, or it's the, the harrowing and really strenuous moments of, of you know, the, the messy kitchen and the, the cooking three different meals for two different kids and, you know, all these kind of things that go on. You know, when we can embrace all of it, right as as what it is is it's life right it's it's part of what we came into in this life right and when we can embrace it as opposed to judging it as opposed to turning away from it as opposed to trying to avoid it trying to fix every problem immediately right instead being present with the problems and being you know attentive to whatever it is that's arising that's when we can find ourselves in a place of happiness and joy even in the midst of this full catastrophe, all the, everything that comes with it, right? And so, so showing up to life, you know, again, I, I really love, th this has been a, a phrase that I've been using a lot these days in, in my, you know, talks with people and in my writing and in these videos, it's showing up for life, right? And showing up for our kids and showing up for our jobs and showing up for our friends and showing up for our exercise routine, showing up for our meditation. What does this mean to show up for something, right? Well, when I, the way I define it is that showing up means to really be present with what it is that's happening, right? Like that means to, to be all in with it, right? To really be there with it, right? Now, of course, we can't show up to our lives. We can't show up with our, to our children or to our jobs or to our hobbies or to our passions or to anything if we're experiencing things like stress and things like anger and things like resentment and shame and all these different, you know, negative 
unended emotions that go on in us, right? Like those are the things that keep us from showing up in our lives. And those are the things that, pre that present for us the perception that life is something to just get through, right? Uh, you know, a wonderful doctor who I know uh, through LinkedIn, we've had some great conversations through, you know, around mindfulness. He's a mindfulness and heartfulness practitioner and teacher. He's also a cardiologist. I mean, what a beautiful thing, right? And so uh, his name is Jonathan Fisher, Dr. Don Jonathan Fisher. And if you're watching this, hey man, I love you, dude. Um, and so he, uh, he did a podcast the other day where he described something that really resonated with me that, um, that, that, you know, I always had this sense, and he described this in, in his job, you know, in his job as a cardiologist, is just getting through, right? And just getting through for him, it was getting through the next patient, getting through the next conference, getting through the next appointment, whatever it was. And I felt the same way, right? I used to, I used to go through that. I'm sure there's people watching this who feel that sense, right? That we're just trying to get through, right? We're just trying to, you know, work our way through the, the, um, you know, the, the appointments, we're working our way through the, the tasks, we're working our way through getting the kitchen cleaned up, we're working our way through just, just getting our kids fed, you know, it's just this constant, you know, seeing life as this sort of challenge that is just to be gotten through, right? And when we live that way, what we're doing is we're living in a sense of, of non-presence, right? If we're, if we're thinking about getting through, what we're thinking about is the other side of this thing, that we're in, right? And what happens is, and especially as parents, but this happens in any area, right? In any area of our lives, whether it's our jobs, our passions, our hobbies, our friends, our coworkers, our family, our children. You know, again, the children are worth mentioning twice here, right? Because what happens is when we're trying to just get through things, right? We're not really listening to people around us. We're not really, you know, present with them. We're not really present with ourselves. We're, we're, we're just kind of, you know, just, again, just trying to get through it, right? And so, and so in that case, we're not showing up to life, right? We're just passing through life. Right, and what happens is, right, and this is an age-old concept, right, that when we're living for, you know, that next thing, right, like that next, you know, um, you know, scenario in our lives that that we see as good, right, what happens is then we're, you know, like let's say, okay, you get through dinner, right, and you get through making your kids all the dinners that they have to be made, right. Now it's bedtime. Now we got to get through bedtime. Now it's time to go to sleep, and now it's time to wake up. And it's like everything is just one step ahead of us, right. And this can be seen in a macro, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, sense too, which is maybe more applicable to what I'm talking about here. That that you know, when we think, when we live each day that way right, then we're likely then to live our lives on an extended, you know, sort of perspective in the same way, meaning I'll finally be happy when I get that house. I'll finally be happy when I can get a new car. I'll be happy when I get that promotion. When I finally make this much money every year, that's when happiness will somehow find me, right? But what happens is, and we don't see this because it's such a long arc, you know, we say like, okay, the house is like five years away, and when I finally get that, I'll be happy. Across those five years, life is happening. And life is not happening by the year, it's not happening by the month, it's not happening by the, the, the week, it's not happening by the hour, it's happening by the moment.
right? This present moment, that's where life is happening. And so what happens is that even when we do in five years get that house or get that car or get that promotion or get that, that raise or whatever it is that we thought that thing was gonna make us happy, we have it now, but now there's something else, right? Now there's, there's something else that, that's still not right because we have to reach some other goal. Right, And so what happens here, we're showing up in the service of this long-term goal and this long-term sort of, you know, perception of satisfaction, but we're not showing up for right here, right now. And, and the, the truth is, as I said, life doesn't happen five years from now. Life happens right now, in this present moment. Now again, you know, this applies to any area of life, whether you're a parent, you're not a parent, you're single, you're married, you're divorced, you're, you know, you, you live with your parents. It doesn't matter, right? This, this applies to every life, right? But with parents, this is a particularly sort of hazardous, you know, pitfall or hazardous potential, pardon me, um, with this idea of living for these milestones, living for this future-based thing that might happen, right? And let me explain that to you. And I'm sure you don't have to, you know, I'm sure most parents out here listening to me, unless your kids are still very young, like under, say, four years old, you haven't gotten this yet, maybe, but, but anybody whose child is now, like, say, 10 years old, right? Think about all that time that's gone by. Think about how your children have changed in that time between the time that they were, you know, you held them in, their, in your arms because they were helpless, like, right? There was nothing else that they could, they couldn't fend for themselves. They needed you to do everything for them, right? And now you have this, you know, <laughs> maybe it's an 11 year old daughter who, who is very independent, right? She's got an iPhone. She doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want to spend the time with you the, the way she used to. She doesn't want the, the you know, she wants, wants you to read to her at night. She doesn't want you to, you know, sleep with her. She doesn't want, you know, all these different things, right, that, that, that change over the course of the time, right? It, you know, it goes from this three, two-year-old child that crawls into bed in between us to like, I don't want you in my room, you know, that kind of thing, right? And so when, when we have this, you know, when we're not present with each moment, there's so much that we can miss, right, as parents, you know, and, and that's where it becomes just really, really vital to, to pay attention to what's happening as it's happening, right? And, and so, you know, and again, because what happens with kids, right? And this is something that I, you know, my wife and I talked about, you know, really early on, right? Like when, when a child is, say, you know, say, say 10 years old, right? Or let's say 12 years old. Right, so, so, or let's say 10 years old, then every year that goes by, right, or one year out of that child's life is 10% of that child's life, right? So when you think about that, right, like when you think about the fact that from nine to 10 years old was 10% of that child's complete existence, now, of course, that, that percentage changes as they get older because the, the life becomes bigger and the years, you know, stay the same, so, so the proportion changes, but but as that, you know, from, from 1 to 10, you're talking about 10% or more of their life each year, right? So, so when they're 4, one year is 25% of their life, right? So when you look at it that way, like, how can you skip even a moment, 
right? Like, how can you not want to, you know, to, to, you know, to, to spend every single moment in pure attendance with this child, right? Like, just think about every, how, how precious every single moment is with your child, right? And, and so what this leads us to is when we can pay attention to this, you know, to, to thinking that every moment, right, is precious, that includes the moments that are not wonderful, okay? That includes the moments of, of struggle. That includes the moments of, of you know, of, of uncertainty, the, the moments of, of emotional, um, you know, overwhelm for our kids, right? And so, and when we can be, when we can attend to even those moments, but we can do so a lot of times what we do, again, when we're thinking about like, okay, when my child gets to be, uh, you know, you know, like, like, again, when you're, when you're a parent with young kids, like three and four years old, those are the hardest years, right? They're, they're you know, even they, they <laughs> I shouldn't give that secret up, but you know, they talk about the terrible twos, but three is much worse, right? Because the children have more understanding. They, they have, you know, it gets, it doesn't get better at three. It gets better like after four, you know? <laughs> um, so sorry to break that to you, but, but, but the, the point is that when we are, you know, when, when we're in that place of, of, you know, kids two, three, four years old, right? We're thinking like, okay, when they're finally in school, my life is going to be better. And I don't have to like deal with all this stress that I'm feeling, right? But what you're doing then is you're giving up, you know, you're, you're really, you know, you're separating yourself from this moment, and you're separating yourself from, from this precious experience of each individual moment. And so what happens is we get into this, and, and this is something that, that we build a habit, right? So if you start thinking about that when your children are two, three, four years old, you tend to keep thinking that way, okay? About like, okay, we just gotta keep going. We gotta keep making it. We gotta keep growing. We gotta keep getting better and, and improving and, and, and you know becoming that young adult and becoming that successful person in the world, right? Because it's my job to somehow make you into that, right? Your job is to be present with your children. Your job is to watch them grow and to be there to, to yeah, to, to support them and to help them, but not to make them into something, not to determine their future as a successful human being, right? That's not what our jobs are as parents. Our jobs are to help our children grow into the people who they are. And we can only do that if we're showing up for them in every moment. So what, what happens is when we get into this habit of, of thinking about the future and the, and the next step and the next phase and the next growth cycle and the next you know milestone, right? What happens is we get into a very problem solving mode in that way, right? And a lot of times when a child comes to you with a problem, they don't, inside, intrinsically, they don't want you to solve that problem for them. They want you to help them solve it for themselves. Now, of course, they can't articulate that, right? They don't know that because they're only two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, nine, nine years old, right? They, they don't know that that's what they want, but that is how they're going to truly develop. Right, that is how they are going to be in a place where they can learn how to, you know, creatively solve their own problems. Right, and they can only do this through a place free from stress, the same way that we can. 
right? Remember, as I talk about a lot, stress is survival mode. And when you're in the survival mode, you're not going to come up with creative anything, right? Like that's not your creative mode. You know, the 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 uh, game Minecraft is actually, you know, it's 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 like a, a neuroscientist kind of uh, um, thing and uh, <laughs> psychological, um, uh, you know, premise here. That the, the game of Minecraft, there's two different modes you can play in. You can play in creative mode or you can play in survival mode. Isn't that fantastic? So in creative mode, you know, nobody attacks you. You're just there to be free to build these different worlds and, and, and create this thing, right? But then when you go into survival mode, you're going through this world where things are coming at you and you have to like figure out how to kind of, you know, get past things that are, um, that are you know, dangerous to you. And when my son told me about that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like they, they actually, they're teaching you this, you know? And so we can use that, right? We can use our sense of, you know, allowing our children to be in creative mode, right? Because when they feel like they're in survival mode, that's scary, right? That's when you're not stopping to, to figure things out. You're not, you know, contemplating things in a way that is going to help your brain develop. What you're doing is you're focusing on a, on the way out of here, right? Like, get me out. This is not a time to build a new house. This is a time to run and hide and dig a hole and get away from these eldermen or that they talk about <laughs> that are running after me, these zombies with glowing eyes and stuff, right? And so, so we can model this for our children, right? By reducing the stress in our lives and getting from survival mode to creative mode for ourselves. And when we're in creative mode, we're not looking to solve every problem for our children, right? So when, when our child comes to us and, and is feeling very you know, difficult emotions about some given thing that they're feeling, well, we can instead of saying, well, let's just do this, let's, let's learn, let me teach you a lesson about life in this moment, right? That's like, now the child feels attacked and, and in this survival mode. Instead say, well, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, it sounds like you're frustrated. Can you tell me about that? Let your child, let them flow. Let them, let, let them be in creative mode and let them, let them talk to you about what they're feeling. This is the greatest lesson that we can teach them, right? Not fixing the problem. Right? The problem is just this thing that's happening. It's right now. It's going to be over. It doesn't really, you know, like if, if some kid or coach or teacher or whatever, it's not about fixing what this person said or did to them, right? That's just a, a, an opportunity for learning in the child's life. So let that be the opportunity for learning in the child's life. Not something for us to fix, but something for us to allow our children to examine like what's happened during this time? How do you feel about this? What is going on inside as you, as you tell me this story, right? Because then what we're doing is we're teaching our children how to develop their own emotional intelligence, right? The first thing is we're going to help them to become aware of their emotions by asking about them, right? Like give them the time to say, okay, you know, what, what's going on here? Like, like, tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. Explain it to me. Let me in, right? What that's showing them is that you're here to support them, but most importantly, that you feel they're important enough to listen to, 
right? Instead of, uh, you know, I gotta make dinner, so let's, let's, let me tell you how to handle this next time. Okay, see you later, let me go make dinner, right? Like, like at that point, you know, when we do those kind of things, which again, that, that's, the, that's the instinct we have as parents because we wanna, we wanna create a world for our children that is, that is you know, happy and, 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 you know, and easy. We don't wanna see them suffer, but honestly, in their suffering, just like in our suffering, that's where we grow, that's where we learn, right? And specifically, that's where we learn about our own emotions. And when we learn about our own emotions, we bring the awareness to them. And again, bring the awareness to your child for, you know, uh, you're bringing the aware, allowing your child to bring awareness to his or her own emotions through asking about them right and then sitting back and just listening now we're giving them the tools and the, the space to then say okay how can i regulate these emotions that i'm feeling right and that right there is the the essence and the most important aspect of emotional intelligence and after that now it's easy for them to see how their emotions are motivating them and now it's easier for them to see empathy for others emotions because they understand their emotions so much that they can see when someone else is is losing their patience and 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 you know and and you know grappling with this thing they can know oh yeah i remember when i felt like that so i know what this person's going through and so I can now, you know, comfort them with empathy rather than fight them, you know, because of the, this behavior. Because when I felt that way, my mom or my dad told me, you know, do this and get through it, right? Instead of like dwelling in it and showing up for it, right? Being present with it. And then, of course, once we feel empathy, now that's the, the last kind of domain of, social, of, of uh, emotional intelligence is social skills, right? Using all this information to be skillful with our interactions with people. And let me tell you something, folks. If you give your child the support, right, the, 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 the understanding that you are there for them and they feel that connection, and then you allow this emotional intelligence to, to you know, blossom and flourish within your child, your job is done. You have done everything that you can possibly do for that child. That is so much more valuable than any of the lessons, any of the, the fixings, any of the, the school that they'll go through. That alone is, is, is probably the biggest indicator of, of you know, happiness and success in life and struggle and, and therapy in life, honestly. Like, that's the key, folks. And so we can do this by fixing ourselves. It has nothing to do with how we're parenting the children. It's how we're addressing ourselves and how we're behaving in the presence of our children, how we are showing up for our children. All right, folks, I hope you found that interesting. Hope you find it helpful. Um, as my son always reminds me, like, subscribe, give it a thumbs up hit the subscribe button. I don't have the graphic thing I should, um, you know, and comments, right? If, if this resonates with you, or if you have any, anything to say about this, throw a comment down there. It helps with the algorithm. It helps this get in front of more people, more parents who might need to hear it. And by all means, if you have any questions, would like to talk about this, drop a comment below. And if you're nervous about, you know, you don't want your comments to be out there in front of everybody, then send me an email, okay? Art at artburnscoaching.com. Or you go to my website, artburnscoaching.com. There's lots of ways to get in touch with me there. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. I wish you well, and I'll be back again tomorrow. Take care.